0: This is A Fresh Agenda. Bringing your productivity and creativity together to generate your deepest work. Here is Christina Mendonca. Hi, everyone. Welcome to A Fresh Agenda, where we talk to innovators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. And try to find out how, through the distractions of life, they get at their deepest work. And I'm really excited today because we have Sylvia Damiano on the podcast. She has just released a new movie called Make Me a Leader. And I'll talk a little bit about uh, what she's into the neuro leadership research that she's been doing. She's a fascinating guest and she lives in Australia, but luckily we worked out the time difference so we could chat on the phone and had a great conversation. So we're entering fall right now, which is my absolute favorite season. A lot of people love fall and it's not just the uh, the sweaters and the jeans and the pumpkin spice lattes. Uh, I've always thought of fall as being kind of the beginning of my year, not so much January, but. October, you know, late September, early October. I think it has something to do with school being back in session and it feeling kind of like a fresh, a fresh new year. Uh, and I've started this new year. I started just a month ago with iHeart Media and I'm absolutely loving my new position with iHeart Media and it's a morning drive um, anchoring basically giving you your news to you get more news per mile than anywhere else and and lucky enough to work for this amazing you know, blowtorch of a news talk station with just a fantastic le- legacy and I'm really loving it and I find it's not so difficult even to get up at 2.30 in the morning. That's not the hard part. The hard part for me is going to bed. Uh, you know, when I have to hit the hay at 6, o'clock, latest, 8 o'clock at night, that's more difficult for me because it's hard for me to get my brain to wind down at the end of the night. Maybe you have the same problem, especially if you sleep with your phone near your bed. It's hard for me to get my brain to actually wind down and people are... Hitting me up because I used to be a night owl, so they're hitting me up at 7 o'clock, 7:30, wanting to chat, and I can like barely form sentences. I'm so tired. But getting your brain to wind down and not focus on so many different things, I think is a problem a lot of people have, even throughout their days, which is why I think Sylvia Damiano's conversation is going to be really interesting for you. Um, But before we get to her, I want to tell you about one of the books I've been reading lately. Uh, I pulled it back out after we did a story on the morning news about how many Calories your brain burns during the day. And yes, you do do burn calories thinking. And it comes out to about 320 calories that your brain alone burns each day as you're trying to focus on different things. And the more you're focusing, the more calories your brain is burning. And it brought to mind this book, and I keep it as a reference book. It's a great book by Gary Keller. It's called The One Thing. And the thesis of the book is basically... Think of the one thing that you can do that by doing will make everything else easier or not needed, if that makes sense. One thing that will make your life easier. And if you can think of that one thing for your week, for your month, for your year that you can do, it helps your brain focus a little bit better on uh, the task at hand and and getting towards your goals. Otherwise, you're just kind of spinning your wheels and you're doing a lot of different things throughout your day and throughout your week and your year. And if you can think of the one thing that you can do that'll help push all of your initiatives and your projects forward, uh, that will help you focus. And it's really about being disciplined, but you don't need to be a super disciplined person to be successful. You can be successful with less discipline because success is about doing the right thing, not about doing everything right, that makes sense. So, great book to pick up, Gary Keller is the author and it's called The One Thing, The Surprising Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results. All right. And the brain is also what Sylvia Damiano is into. She is what's called a neuro leadership researcher. And she came out with this great movie this year called make me a leader, where she travels all over the world, talking to different leaders about the aspects of good leadership. And then she ties it in with brain research. And she's developed this I 4 method of leadership uh, that she teaches online. And you can find her, we'll tell you how to find her, her website and everything. Uh, but she teaches this method of leadership and and it's been hugely successful for her clients and for large corporations. So we're going to get to Sylvia in a moment. But first, let me tell you quickly about New Age Ariel. I just love these guys. Dave, Fred over at New Age Ariel, this is more than a bird's eye view. These guys are capture beautiful, breathtaking vistas and overviews. They have an understanding about how things look from above. Uh, for movies to commercial photography and video, the drone team at New Age Aerial can get you the shots you need for a fraction of the cost of hiring a pilot and plane. They are experienced flyers. Government agencies trust these guys. They can even send up a drone with guided monitoring from an engineer on the ground to get exactly the photos and video needed. If you don't just need pretty pictures, but you need to know what's going on on that dam up there, they can help you out we're so proud to have them as a sponsor again check them out online newageaerial.com. tell them that you heard about them here on a fresh agenda they'll take great care of you all right here's sylvia damiano and our discussion of neuroleadership sylvia joins me now and sylvia thank you so much for getting up early in australia to talk to me and i really appreciate you being here
1: you're welcome thank you so much uh, christina
0: Absolutely. Let's talk about neuroleadership. Let's define that term for someone who has never heard it. What is neuroleadership? Okay, neuroleadership
1: is a term that has been coined in 2007, and uh, it's also um, called the neuroscience of leadership, and basically what it is, is the understanding of how our brains work in in relation to leadership and the development of organizations, how managers or leaders can act in regards to the teams, and how we can best use our brains to um, be productive, to be engaged, and to be effective in what we do on a daily basis.
0: All right, let's talk a little bit about your background. Now, you don't have an Australian accent. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's
1: right. Uh, I was born in Buenos Aires, Argentina. I did my studies there. I'm a scientist. But in my 20s, I migrated to Australia. So I have been uh, between the two countries basically, half of my life in one, and half of my life um, in, in Australia. So my accent is still with me.
0: <laughs> Why Australia? Was it just a, did it have the kind of research that you were looking for or university, uh, environment you were looking for?
1: Uh, It was actually more of a coincidence. I was looking for a place to migrate, and um, my brother mentioned Australia. A friend of his was coming to Sydney, and I went to the embassy, and I did my application, got my visa, and eight months later, I was here. So it was more or less like that.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. So talk to me about your study of neuroleadership. How did you become interested in this topic?
1: Well, I have been uh, working in the space of leadership development for almost 20 years now. I'm an executive coach, and I do all sorts of work as a consultant uh, for organizations, helping teams and, um, uh, and leaders uh, to become better at what they do. And uh, the combination of my background and this expertise in leadership that I have acquired over the years Um, make me uh, interested to understand what this new concept of neuroleadership was about. So I dive myself into understanding brain science in more detail, and all of this is very emerging knowledge. I mean, this new discipline is only um, eight years um, uh, old. So uh, bit by bit, new books, new research papers are coming to to us all the time. And uh, if we can understand how to solve problems better, how to be innovative, how to collaborate with others better, how to influence, and how to use some of the abilities that we all carry within, which is like imagination and intuition and inspiration, uh, we can certainly create better societies and a better workforce for the future.
0: According to your research, how is our brain changing or how is our understanding of our brains changing to uh, increase our leadership capacity? Basically, what's wrong with the way we have been doing it all this year these years?
1: Well, as you know, um, the predominant way of working has been um, the command and control. I tell you what to do and you just go and do it. But we are facing now a world of creativity where the ideas and the thinking of the people that work with us or for us Um, is the new currency. It's not just the knowledge because knowledge is everywhere. So anyone can access knowledge very easily today. So what is left? Uh, And it's not the same way to manage someone through control or by using their knowledge than managing someone or leading someone, um, eliciting their ideas, enthusing them to um, select the best one and supporting them in the implementation of ideas. This requires empathy, uh, a more compassionate approach, more conversation, more of the soft skills as we call them for many, many years but now understanding how the brain works these soft skills are becoming uh, more solid or more of hard skills because in reality we now know that if we don't uh, foster the uh, social ne- uh, sorry the networks in the brain that help us be more sociable and have better leadership abilities we will go revert back to managing uh, using control or command and control, something that the new generations really don't want to um, each like.
0: Is this uh, what they call soft skills training, the the training to be more social and be more empathetic and have some of those qualities that perhaps haven't been as valued as much in the workplace?
1: That's correct. So if you think about... Daniel Goleman writing his book in 1995 on emotional intelligence, following the research of Salovey and Mayer um, uh, from a few years before. The focus in the last 20 years has been developing uh, EI. Which is, um, you know, the underpinning quality of leadership. If we want to have leaders that are more inspirational and more um, empathetic, uh, we need to focus on these social abilities. But today, with brain science, we have we have gone a step further. More than AI, we now understand certain brain processes. Uh, for example, one uh, of them is a very interesting, uh, coming from Dr. Matthew Lieberman from UCLA, um, that you know when managers or leaders focus too much on a process or a task or a KPI or a deadline the social networks almost fade to the background of the brain and uh, we don't use them as much if we are really diving into solving a problem or a task we forget about the people we forget about the impact we have on, on others so it's very important very few leaders are able to keep both networks going at the same time, uh, which poses the question of what can all of us do in order not to be um, dragged by the task and still be social while achieving an outcome. And that can be trained, that that these are some of the skills that can be trained in people.
0: That's fantastic. That's fascinating. So, in your book, um, leadership is upside down. You explore some of these concepts, correct, about these uh, varying networks in the brain and how we can get them to work together.
1: That's right, and I also um, created a a new model of leadership for this new era uh, by tapping into these abilities that I was mentioning before, the intuition, the imagination, the inspiration, the integration, uh, which uh, all of them, if we cultivate them, they lead to the organizational competencies that every company around the world is looking for. Everybody wants their people to perform at their best, collaborate, innovate and be agile. But the question here is how do we get people to achieve these organizational competencies uh, without explaining them how the brain works and how what they can do to achieve those. Um, so the book is um, expand, expands on these concepts and on this uh, model, which I call the I4 Neural Leader Model. And uh, I think we need, it, it's time to upgrade models uh, to understand better how we function as human beings.
0: Yeah, I want to get into the I4 method of leadership. I, I listened to your TED Talk, which is fantastic. I would urge everyone listening now to, to go check out the TED Talk for, for sure. Um, but let's take them one by one. Let's talk about integration first. How uh, do we need to learn how to integrate better uh, in the workplace and to be a better leader, whether we're leading a team or leading ourselves?
1: That's right. So it doesn't matter what position you have in an organization or even in life, if you're an entrepreneur or a CEO of a large organization, or even a parent at home, uh, we all have a responsibility to lead ourselves, to learn to manage uh, our reactions, our emotions, to understand what motivates us, what makes us tired, what makes us anxious. And there's a lot of evidence um, through, you know, looking into the brain, uh, through a scanners, um, how certain processes occur. So integration is defined, or I define it for this purpose, as how well the brain is working and how well it's working in conjunction with the body. Um, let's not forget that uh, we are all connected through something called a vagus nerve, and uh, the vagus nerve connects the brain with the heart, with the gut, and our major organ. So if, for example, we are feeling tired or we are not eating properly and our gut is suffering, our mental health will be affected or our brain health is going to be affected as well. So this uh, where integration refers to looking into are we energized, are we fatigued, are we reacting to the issues that uh, happen around us and what uh, what can we do to, to revert them so we can be more calm, more relaxed to respond to the, the demands that we have in a very busy world. The second world is inspiration, and uh, today we have more evidence of how the brains of inspirational leaders happen. They have different electrical patterns. So um, Professor David Wallman from Arizona University studied the brain of inspirational leaders. And uh, what he has found out is that um, the frontal lobes, um, particularly the right frontal lobe, has more coherence um, in the brain of um, uh, inspirational leaders. It means they can achieve um, more activation of these social networks. that can be more calm, to, re- to respond to the demands of the team and so on. The third eye, uh, which I, uh, that's part of the i4 model, is imagination. And uh, here we tap into the research of people who have studied um, the anatomy of the aha moment. One of them has been Dr. Mark Yun-Beeman. The brain is extremely active even when we imagine. It's not only when we focus or when we read. So we uh, can come up with better solutions, more creative solutions. And it's not that we have left imagination uh, when we were children, only we we use uh, imagination all the time. Sometimes we are not even aware of that. Um, but I think imagination can keep us um, a bit more um, adaptable to the times when we require um, faster solutions. And the last one is intuition. Intuition to me has been a, a taboo word for many, many years in the business world, even though we do things following our gut feelings or intuition. Um, and it's very important to uh, tap into this source of information and balance the facts and the data that most organizations want to use um, with some intuition, because at the end of the day, we have different layers of experience that we accrue over the years, and not being able to tap into this um, makes us uncomfortable and dissociated, because if the focus is only on the data, um, we are ignoring the human aspects that we can bring into into the workplace. So that's, in a, in a nutshell, a, a short description of, the biology of these four eyes and how if we cultivate them, they can take us to achieve these competencies that um, organizations require today.
0: That is such a great thank you for that concise um, understanding of the I-4 method of leadership. It was perfect in, in describing all of those different words. I'm wondering now, how do we get there? What is the, what is the path to get there? Um, do, are there exercises that we can do? For instance, if I have a problem that I'm trying to solve, um, I usually take a walk. I get outside. I take a, a long walk. And just being outside in the green and in silence helps me kind of figure things out and come up with a few solutions to a, to a problem. What are some exercises we can do to get to these four eyes?
1: Okay, that's a fantastic idea, Cristina, because walking and walking in nature particularly allows your brain to relax to change gears, let's say, to change from a very busy brain uh, with a predominance of a certain type of brain waves, usually called beta or high beta, into uh, alpha brain waves. And when you uh, change gears and you take your brain into producing more alpha, particularly alpha-1 brain waves, um, you feel more relaxed. Um, you develop a certain level of introspection. you come inside your own world rather than being stimulated for uh, by external um, sources or external uh, the external environment. Uh, I think that today we have achieved a certain level of distraction uh, through technology that um, minimizes the time that people are spending in silence and being introspective. And unless you spend some time during the day doing that, <clears throat> uh, you won't be able to solve the problems fast or all the problems at all. Um, I find most of my clients really being very disturbed and overwhelmed, and uh, lack of with lack of sleep, um, lack of time for themselves to regulate their nervous system. And if you are producing lots of cortisol and you're allow, allowing your sympathetic system to overtake um, uh, your life, really, um, you you are always in a state of uh, um, urgency or alert and. And that is not very healthy for any of us. Um, so your strategy is a very good one, um, definitely, you know, sleep well, eat properly, don't eat lunch at your desk, take uh, some time to chew your uh, food properly and not being talking or distracted with anything else. Exercise and, above all, I would say, meditation is one of the big uh, strategies that can help us um, achieve a more relaxed or, or, or calm uh, state of mind.
0: You hear that a lot from very high achievers that meditation is, you know, key to starting their day or ending their day. What what kinds of things do you personally do? I mean, with all this knowledge that you have and all this research that you've done, what do you do to stay creative?
1: Well, um, I because I understand how creativity happens in the brain, um, I have a lot of showers, actually. <laughs> when, <laughs> when, when I'm working and I may feel that I'm doing too much or I want to have a break, I just go and have a short, hot shower. And, and that allows me to change gears in my brain, access alpha. And I, I always say there should be more showers in the workplace <laughs> and also a whiteboard where you can write things that come to you um, um, while you're having a shower. Um, some people like to go for a run, others, you know, uh, sit in the train or in the bus or in a ferry, and that in itself uh, will help you relax a bit more. I do meditation every morning, 20 minutes. I have been um, uh, researching this in a great depth. Um, a transcendental meditation, for example, is a type of meditation that has significant research back in the map for the last 40 years. I got my brain measured by Dr. Fred Travis at Maharishi University of Management in the production of a a movie that I'm about to launch uh, in July. And that has helped me understand by looking at the EEG results, what I need to do in order to take my brain into a coherent state. Um, So having this report after doing my meditation with him and being measured has really helped me understand what is it that my brain is doing when I meditate. And that has um, really been important for me to to place more importance into meditation and do it on a daily basis.
0: The shower thing you talked about is interesting. I read a book. I can't even remember what book it was, but it was a fiction book. And the main character would take showers when they needed to kind of hit the reset button on their day. There you go. <laughs> and there you again, go. <laughs> so it must be pretty common. That must be a common one as is walks and, and medit- as our walks and meditation.
1: That's right. And one of the important things is to notice, uh, to to be your own guinea pig and notice what happens when you're having a shower and being mindful about the water uh, sliding over your body, your hands, your face. Because if you are continuously doing to-do lists, in your brain, uh, and worry about the future or thinking about what you didn't do yesterday, uh, that takes you away from the present moment. And as you know, probably, mindfulness is a big thing today, which teaches people to enjoy the moment, to be grateful for the the life moment to moment, no matter what the circumstances uh, are around us. Um, because the mind is like a puppy dog. If we let the puppy dog do whatever they, it wants, then, um, uh, you know, we can never have control of our own thoughts. We don't have to believe every thought that crosses our mind. Um, we, we have to, you know, be mindful of what we're thinking and some of the thoughts, if they are not helping us, if they are negative thoughts, we may need to leave them aside and focus on the more, more positive ones.
0: Is there a way, I mean, is there an exercise or something we can do to start to integrate those two sides, the analytical and the creative?
1: Uh, Yes, well, that's a great question. And that's a question I get all the time because working with people in banking or IT or engineers, um, they are very wired to use some of the networks that help them do the analytical work. And I I would say that the best exercise is really tap into some kind of hobby or art or painting or guitar music is um, known to be one of the best things to integrate all the networks when we play music when we sing or when we listen to music that really helps the brain to to activate the, not just the left but the right side if we want to define it in that way but in reality it's, um, it's a matter of networks what networks are occupying your, your brain um, so any hobby any thing that has to do with music and also, also stopping and You know, reflecting, reflecting on what happens to you on a daily basis, writing it down, what situation it took you to lose control of yourself, perhaps, you know, uh, people that suffer from road rage, for example, there's no point to continuously uh, being upset about, you know, the traffic. Uh, because that uh, creates negative emotions that are not either neither healthy or useful. So journaling about the events on the day, maybe ten minutes before going to bed will help you reflect and gain more introspection. As I was mentioning before, it's a very important quality for developing leadership.
0: You know, I always find too that work, what works for me is gratitude. If I stop and think about all, all the things that I'm grateful for in my life, good things seem to happen. I don't know why. I don't know how it how that resets my brain
1: yeah now gratitude is an important thing to do um, and uh, it it fosters more more positive thoughts and When you have more positive thoughts, you have a different type of chemistry running through your body, so it helps you relax and also uh, gratitude and generosity has been proven to work in tandem when you are grateful for the things that you that you have, you tend to be more generous and you tend to think more about other people rather than focus on yourself. And when you think about others, you tend to foster collaboration and teamwork. Uh, So it's really important that organizations and teams stop and think about the achievements they have had, maybe do a little celebration, acknowledge people, be grateful to the people who contributed in order to change the culture. Uh, Otherwise, you get stuck into a non-stop cycle, and that is really draining for people. It drains everybody's energy.
0: Let's talk about your upcoming documentary. I want to hear about this. I love documentaries, and this sounds like it's going to be a good one. What what are you talking about (laughs) here specifically? Yes.
1: Well, uh, the documentary is going to be called Make Me a Leader. And the reason why I have been working uh, on this for the past 20 months um, is that um, I realized that in organizations, Um, there's a lot of focus on developing leadership but when i go outside and i talk to friends or family members most people don't even understand what leadership is about. They, they, they use the name or, or the, the word, but really they, they don't think about the things that they can do to, to develop their own leadership. And I believe that if we want to have a better world, a better society, we need to embrace our leadership qualities. We need to learn how to communicate properly, how to um, help other people to develop as well, how to be more integrated and inspirational. I always say, um, be the source of inspiration, not the source of desperation, because uh, many times, even with our families, sometimes people show the worst side of them rather than being mindful that these are the people that you love, that you spend time with. So you want to create good relationships, not relationships that are mediocre or that don't help anyone. So I think that leadership is a matter that pertains to everybody, not just people in organizations. And the whole purpose of the movie is to show some leadership journeys that I follow from different people um, and also um, explore uh, seven key strategies um, to for anyone who who watches the movie, to walk away feeling that they have learned something by watching the documentary. So I went around the world three times, interviewed a number of people. We have lots of hours of footage, and the movie um, contains the gems of this conversation. So I'm hoping that it will be watched and appreciated because we put a lot of effort into this production.
0: Oh, it sounds like it was so fun. So where will we be able to see it? Or should we just go to your website and keep an eye out there for where it will be distributed?
1: Yes, we are going to do a premiere launch in uh, Sydney on the 25th of July and from the 26th of July it will be available online. So the people can come to our website uh, aboutmybrain.com and um, access the, the movie from there. And um, in the, also subscribe to our newsletter at the end of this month. We will start a campaign to keep people you know, um, um, alert uh, on this topic.
0: I originally found you I was scrolling in the middle of the night, which you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to keep your phone by your bed (laughs) and and scroll in the middle of the night, but I was doing it. And I came across a small article and I clicked on it and I downloaded your white paper. And I ended up staying up like for the next two hours, reading the white paper and looking through it. Yeah, it was fascinating. So, uh, but I I wanted to know what prompted you to write that white paper. You have your book, you have your movie coming out, um, but this was kind of a, a real, value added for people who want to check you out and learn a little bit more about the i4 method
1: well, the white paper was uh, written in conjunction with um, another consultant uh, like you. She discovered my work. She lives in Sydney, but she's actually from America. And uh, she got fascinated by this model. She has worked. Her name is Catherine McLennan. And she's worked for all sorts of consulting companies in leadership for many, many years uh, and big organizations. And she found that the model really um, spoke to her. Um, it was simple to understand. It was something something that people could relate to, and um, she embarked on the journey of uh, writing this, and then, well, we collaborated together to finalize it and and include some of the key elements that were important for people to understand. Um, So I got some help there, and um, it complemented the book nicely because sometimes people don't read books, and we thought that a white paper would be useful to help, um, you know, those who are interested in this topic
0: right okay so uh, before I let you go I've got to know I mean you've coached so many different CEOs and and people in de- various uh, degrees of their career what are some of the themes the issues that people in leadership positions are having these days well one of them
1: as I mentioned uh, before it's distraction. Um, the the invasion of technology even though it's useful to get connected with anyone around the world um, is becoming a big addiction uh, people have to have uh, the, the device in the hands of the time and look at it in the middle of workshops in the middle of the day in the middle of meetings so the more you do that the less attention you are paying to the task or to the person that is in front of you and suddenly it becomes uh, more relevant that uh, you know the, the the physical contact and uh, that's not very good for for our minds. Um, it allows uh, us to become a bit more anxious and uh, we have more mood swings. So one of the things that uh, executives are struggling is exactly with distractions. Also to do more with less, and uh, a big pressure on the amount of hours that uh, we need to work today when we know that we need breaks in order to change gears. So working behind the computer 12 or 14 hours per day or in meetings, meeting after meeting after meeting, um, sometimes leaves people exhausted. Um, The other thing is um, uh, catching up with all the information that is available and remaining current that requires a huge investment uh, and it's in detriment of the time we spend with our families. And suddenly they have uh, family problems and disconnection with their children or with their partner uh, in order to keep a job or in order to keep uh, current. So these are some of the things and also in executive coaching situations, many people in order to uh, calm their brains they they go to alcohol or prescription pills or even drugs sometimes. Um, to manage the anxiety or to manage this, um, in some cases, depression. And we know that, you know, with anxiety and depression, there is an increase in mild cognitive decline and dementia. And really, I think it's up to all of us To defend a little bit what the brain needs in order to function to an older age we are growing uh, into living more and more than ever but we want quality of life when we hit 80 we don't want to have a brain that doesn't work and i think it's important to regain a little bit the balance in the workplace um, at all levels
0: Absolutely, it it brings to mind the opioid crisis that we're having certainly in our country and in other parts of the world as well as people try to you know numb themselves from all of the stimuli and all of the issues and problems that they're having to deal with on a day-to-day basis and hopefully understanding our brains and how they work and and how we can improve the way they work will help to some degree.
1: That's right and that's the whole purpose of this methodology we have developed. And uh, the movie and really try to make a difference in society that's my intention and my obviously my purpose and I will continue um, you know uh, this journey because I think we all need it.
0: That's Sylvia Damiano she was delightful to chat with and uh, we've kept in contact because her movie is now out it's called Make Me a Leader and I have a little snippet of the trailer right here for you. Are leaders born or are they made And I think the answer is that both are true. Leadership is
1: in human nature, and the skills to inspire and influence others can be learned. The more I do this work, the more I realize how little people know about how to develop their own leadership. I am on this journey to explore what it takes to be a leader and what we need to learn to become the leaders of the 21st century.
0: So there you go. That is a portion of her new movie, Make Me a Leader. You can find it on her website, aboutmybrain.com. Now, it's not a free movie. I think there is some small cost for the movie, but um, no more than like a Netflix movie or or a you know, pay-per-view kind of movie situation. All right, before we go, I want to let you know about New Age Designs. They are our other fabulous sponsor. Development with purpose, ambition, and analytics. If you need digital marketing, you need design, SEO, SEM, Google Analytics set up. They can do that. They will get you all set up with web hosting, and they know all the key technologies. New Age Design staff has spent decades managing various UX and web marketing projects for large corporations, giving them the opportunity to work with the most talented digital agencies in the world. They can certainly help you. Check them out at newagedesigns.com. When you reach out, uh, let them know you heard about them here. A Fresh Agenda. They will take great care of you. Thank you so much for being here. Please reach out anytime on any of my platforms. Uh, You can now go to the kfbk.com website, and you can reach me there. I have my own page. Uh, Or you can go to christinamendanza.com and reach me there as well. So, again, thank you very much for spending some time with me on A Fresh Agenda. We'll talk to you next time. This is a fresh agenda, bringing your productivity and creativity together to generate your deepest work.